Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. We're doing a series called Circles, and we're talking about the circles around our lives. Circles of who I am, my identity. Circles of my influence. Circles of boundaries. What do I let people in, and how much do I share with people boundaries in my life? Circles of activity, what should I do, what shouldn't I do? And it's all in the context of being sound in mind, having mental health and peace. And so I'm gonna start by reading 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And in verse 12 he says, we dare not class ourselves. Do you class yourself? Do you say, I am of this race, of this job structure, of this um, economic stature? I'm this class. We dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves where I hold myself up against an imaginary or a real picture of somebody else or something else. With those who commend themselves. There were a group of people around Paul who boasted, who commended themselves. They were always pushing and promoting how great they were. He says, we don't class ourselves with them. But they, measuring themselves by themselves, they were always measuring, how well am I doing emotionally, physically, financially, in all these different areas, but they were measuring it by themselves. They had an internal measure of how they were doing. Measuring themselves by themselves, comparing themselves among themselves, they are not wise, he says. And this word wise is an amazing word. You know, sometimes in the Greek language in the Bible, one tiny little word has a huge amount of meaning, and the way you find out is you go into the dictionary and you find out why did that word come to be? And this word wise is two Greek words, suniemi. Sun means together, putting two things together, and iemi means to send or to, to put across. And the idea is this, and I really hope you get this. He says, we are wise, God wants us to be wise, and the, throughout the Bible, the idea of being wise comes with peace and well-being and happiness and strength. He says, we are wise if we put two things together correctly. What are those two things? The reality around us with our expectation and perception of that reality. He says, if you go into a situation and you expect the people to love you and accept you and hug you, and they don't, your perception and your expectation are two different things and the result is a lack of wisdom or a lack of peace. And I can attest to this, and I'm sure you can as well. How many times are we lacking peace and happiness in our lives because our expectation of what the world should be like is different from what we discover, and then there's this mismatch, and there's conflict, and, and a, a disquiet, and a lack of peace among our, in our hearts. Have you ever found that? My wife's grandmother was a lovely lady. She's died now, beautiful, special lady. But she had one fault. She would build up in her mind an expectation 
of what family gatherings and family holidays should be. And for weeks before, she would imagine the things that would happen and how everyone would relate to one another and what we would do. And she had this expectation level of what the holiday or the gathering or the event would be like, and it was up here. And then she got there, and you know what? Things never go the way you think they're going to. And people want to do other things. Or people are tired. Or they had their own expectations of what they were going to do. And they don't follow exactly with what you thought they should. And she had this amazing sense of disquiet within her. So much so that several times she says, I'm going home. And all of us would say, oh no, Granny, don't. What's wrong? And there would be tears and a lack of peace. And the Bible says she wasn't being wise because wise is where you put two things together and they match, and that is my perception or expectation of reality with what real life is like. I put those together when they match. I have wisdom. I have peace. I have mental health. And in this passage that I've just read, Paul says the problem with these people is they are measuring themselves by themselves, they are commending themselves and trying to push themselves and promote, you know, they're doing their own advertising of themselves. I am great, I can do this, I can do that, I have been this, I will be that. And they're commending themselves, they're measuring, commending, and they're comparing themselves and classing themselves and saying, this is where I should stand in the pecking order and this is how much I'm better than other people. And he says, when you do it within your own circle, of who you think you should be or measuring by yourself or other people, you're not wise, you'll never be happy. And I wanna give you the good news. God has another way of doing it. The very next verse he says, but we, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere or the circle which God has appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. And he says, God has appointed you a circle. So today, my dear friends, I wanna talk about the circle of belonging. And it's also a circle of identity, who I am in Christ. If you've been commending yourself or comparing yourself with those who commend themselves. You know, people boast to you about how great they are, and you believe it, and you compare yourself to their false and fictitious advertising of themselves, and you feel inferior. If you've been measuring yourself by yourself or classing yourself, today I wanna tell you some great news. There is a circle of identity and a circle of belonging that God has appointed for you, and today I'm gonna show you what it is, and we can leave this time together believing and understanding I am secure. We've been talking about mental health in this series, which means a sense of well-being, being well-adjusted, being able to cope, being at peace, not being in turmoil, And today's talk is the foundation of that. Because if you get this right today, everything else, all the other circles of activity and influence and relationships and enlarging our circles, all of that will fall into place if you get this one right. 
So there are three things I want to say today. Number one, God knows you. Number two, God loves you. And number three, God has put you in a family. And when we get that right, we're no longer classing ourselves, comparing ourselves, measuring ourselves, commending ourselves. We are at rest because I know that I am in the arms of a God who knows me completely, who loves me completely, and who has put me in a family. Amen? I feel like I could stop right there, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expand on it. Psalm 139. I'm not going to preach on all of this. I'm just going to read it because there's so much in here. But basically, just to give you an, an advanced warning of what Psalm 139 says. It says, God knows you completely. He knows everything about you. He knew you and saw you before you were even made. He planned for your life before it even started. He knows your thoughts and words and intentions before you even say them or think them. He's before you, behind you, around you. Wherever you go on the planet, he's there. There is no way you can escape from his knowledge. He knows you through and through and through, and his thoughts towards you are good. Now let's read Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts from afar. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. Yes, even those secret things. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You know what I'm gonna say. You know why I'm saying it. You know what I really mean. You know me better than I know myself. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Can you see how there starts to be a freedom from being in this competitive hamster wheel? You know, the, the, the circle of the world says, do, perform, compare, compete, promote yourself. And we step out of that into a circle of love because God says, I know you completely. Such knowledge is too wonderful to me, for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me, indeed the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Friend, there is one person on the planet who knows you intimately through and through. You are like glass to him. He knows you better than you know yourself. And the second point is, he loves you. 
He loves you. 1 John chapter 4. There are so many verses I could read about his love, but I'm going to read just a few. Verse 9, it says, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So God knows you. He knew you before you were born. He knows you through and through. There's no secrets with him. He knows everything. And it says, even before you loved him or knew him, he loved you and he paid the price for you to be forgiven of your sins. Not because you were responding to him. You had done nothing to deserve it. Not because you earned it, but because he is love. He says, I love you. I know you and I love you. And then verse 17 of that same chapter says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. You say, I don't think I can have boldness on the day of judgment. I'm gonna stand before Almighty God and he's gonna judge me for everything I've ever said or done or thought. How can I be bold on that day? He says, we can have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. He's speaking about judgment day, and he says we who have received God's love, who realize he loves us because of Jesus dying on the cross and forgiving us, there's no fear of judgment, there's no fear of torment. He loves me, he's washed me, and it was his doing. It didn't depend on how good I was. He's paid the price. It's like you get to the restaurant, you sit down, you look at the menu, and the waiter says, the bill has been fully paid already. You say, no matter what I order, he says, no matter what you order. You say, but the person didn't know me. He says, yes, the person just decided to pay for your bill. God has paid the price and shown his love in advance. And because of that, there is no fear of torment, of judgment day. I know that I'm loved and I'm washed. God knows me. God loves me. And he loved me before I could respond to him. He decided in advance that he loved me and he paid the price to wash me clean. I can almost feel some people stepping out of the circle, the treadmill of fear and, and competing and performing and into the circle of belonging and rest. And then the third point, the last point I wanted to make today is Ephesians chapter one. He's put me in a family. He's put me in a family. Ephesians 1 verse 6 says, To the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us, past tense, accepted in the beloved. He made us accepted in 
the beloved. Another way of saying that is I belong in the circle of his loved ones. He did it. He put me in a place called the beloved, in a circle of his family. The next chapter of Ephesians, I'm not going to read all the verses, but the next chapter says, we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but we are members of his household or his family. Ephesians 2 verse 19. The next chapter, Ephesians 3 verse 15, says the whole family in heaven and on earth gets its name from Christ. And I want to say to you, dear friends, God, by his grace, has put you in this circle called the beloved. Now, the only difference is whether you put yourself there by saying, yes, God, I agree. And if you do, you rest in that. Let me close with this. You see, many of us have heard about this good news. Many of us have heard about this grace, this kind gift of God's, that he's put me in his circle of love. That little phrase, accepted in the beloved, is exactly the same Greek phrase used when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and he said, blessed are you, you who are highly favored. Remember when he said to Mary, God has has chosen you, he loves you, he's gonna put the Messiah in your womb. He said, you are highly favored. That's the same phrase, you are accepted in the beloved. You are loved. You are in a circle of love. Many of us have heard this, but we still somehow cannot get out of this circle of, you know, the hamster wheel, of running, 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 saying, will I be accepted? Will I be good enough? Maybe, maybe I've lost God's love today. Maybe yesterday's sin means that I have to make up for it today. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I should class myself and compare myself or commend myself or measure myself And I want to say to you that you can rest. Are you ready for this final word? It's from Isaiah chapter 46. And there were idols that Israel and the nations around Israel worshipped at the time when Isaiah was writing. There was an idol called Bel, and there was an idol called Nebo. And they were false gods and the people worshiped them, and they made statues of them, and God in this passage that I'm about to read you is telling the Israelites the difference between worshiping false gods and worshiping the real God, and I'm gonna tell you what he says. The difference is this. If it's a false god, or if it's false religion, you have to carry it, but if it's the real God, he carries you. He says these false gods, Baal and Nebo, they're heavy, they're a burden for those who worship them. They have to carry them around, these big wooden idols, they have to put them on ox carts and carry them around and lug them into place and then they worship this thing they've fashioned with their own hands. But he says, I am the God who carries you and I wanna say to you, my dear brother or sister, you can step out of the treadmill today You can step out of that circle of comparison and trying to measure up and you can step into a place of rest because God says, yes, I will carry you. It's not up to you to earn your place in this family circle. 
You just say thank you. Let me read it, Isaiah 46. Bell bows down, Nebo stoops low. Their idols were on beasts and on the cattle. Your carriages were heavily loaded, a burden to the weary beast. They stoop, they bow down together. They could not deliver the burden. They have themselves gone into captivity, heavy load. Maybe your religion feels like a heavy load. Have I prayed enough? Have I read enough? Have I done enough? Have I earned God's favor yet? Listen to what he says. Listen to me, verse three. O house of Jacob and all the remnants of the house of Israel, you have, who have been upheld by me from birth, who have been carried from the womb, even to your old age, I am he, even to gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear, even I will carry and will deliver you. God will carry you, my friend. When you are weak, when you have no strength, when you can't measure up, and you look at the world around you, and you look at other Christians who seem to have it all together, and you're comparing yourself to them, and you say, am I good enough? God says, don't worry, I'm the one who does it. I will carry you, rest in this. Rest in this, amen? You know, in the book of Luke, there's a story of the prodigal sons, two sons. One of them lived in the father's house, but he thought he had to earn his dad's approval. The other one ran away and lived a prodigal life, and he came back and he accepted his father's forgiveness, even though he knew he didn't deserve it. He just said, thank you, and he became a son again. But the first son was so used to trying to earn his dad's approval that he was angry that the second son had been allowed back. And his father came to him and said, why don't you come into the party and let's celebrate together? And you know what he said? All these years I've been slaving for you. I've been on the circle of comparing, competing, commending, measuring, classing myself, trying to be good enough. And his father said, son, you are always with me and all I have is yours. Come on in, just come and enjoy. And I believe there's some of us here today. Today is the day where we start getting our mental health back. You've been living in fear, in anxiety, and it's because of comparison and you feel you have to measure up. Maybe it's because your parents made you feel you always had to be good enough. Maybe it's because the world around you, the schooling system, your job, whatever it is, you feel you have to be in a circle of competing and commanding and comparing. And today God says there is a circle of belonging. Just receive these words from God's Bible today. He says, I know you completely. I love you before you even knew me, I loved you and I died for you to be completely forgiven. I've put you in a circle of belonging, in the family of God, and I will carry you. And all you have to do today is do what Abraham did. In Genesis 15, it says that God took Abraham out of the tent, and he said to Abraham, look at the stars in the sky and count them. And there were so many, and Abraham couldn't. And God said, that's how many descendants you're gonna have. You're gonna have so many children, and Abraham was old. He was 90, almost 90 years old. 
he, he couldn't earthly, in an earthly way have children. But it says, Abraham believed God. That means he just said, God, I don't know how, I don't know why, but I trust you. And it says, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Will you be brave enough to take this today and say, God, I believe you. You know me, you love me. And when you're in that place of rest, and then tomorrow morning you'll wake up and you'll think, oh, but I have to earn this again. And he says, no, no, I'm carrying you. And when you learn to rest in the fact that God knows you and he loves you, then all the other things in your life can start to take effect. Let's pray together. Let's stand and pray together. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Thank you, Lord. God, I choose to accept your word today. I choose to take you at your word. I choose to accept that you know me inside and out, through and through. I choose to accept that you love me not because of what I've done, and you paid for my sins. I choose to accept that you've put me in a circle of belonging and that you'll never let me go and you're carrying me. I choose to rest, Lord. I choose to rest in your love. And I thank you, God, that I don't need to compete and compare any longer. And now, my dear friend, just let the wave of God's grace wash over you. Just allow his love to fill you. As we worship together, a new beginning starts from today. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.